we would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Everyone's safe. So with that said, I want to move into our thoughts today. And if you have your Bibles, uh, there's quite a few scriptures I will share throughout uh, the course of this message. But one is Romans 8, 15, and that's our anchor verse throughout uh, this this, uh, direction that I feel like God wants us to go in. And it's also our our anchor verse, but it's also uh, uh, where we're going to kind of um, focus all of this onto, and and again, um, kind of an odd scripture for breakthrough. There's a lot of other scriptures I could have used for breakthrough, but the Lord kept leading me back to this because I think this is what hinges breakthrough. It hinges on us understanding this relationship of I am a son, I am a daughter of the King. And when we truly understand that relationship, when we really get into that relationship, we will begin to walk in breakthrough in our life. Not it, Breakthrough won't be something that just happens miraculously out of nowhere. We'll begin to continually walk through it. We'll expect it to happen. Amen? And I believe part of seeing a breakthrough in 2021 is living our lives in expectation of a breakthrough. Amen. If I pray prayer and I don't expect God to answer it, more than likely, you know, he can, but I probably won't see it. Or if he does, I won't even notice how he answers it because God doesn't always answer prayers the way I specifically pray them. Anybody in this room um, ever have God take the scenic route on their prayer? Okay, God, I want you to do this. And God says, okay, I'll do it, but not the way you think I'm going to do it, but it's going to be the best way. And, and I'm going to tell you, God will do it what's best and because he is a loving father. But Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now, just a quick little breakdown of this scripture. Uh, Paul is, again, to bring us into context. He's saying to the church at Rome that, uh, who was very familiar with slavery because a lot of the church in Rome were slaves. And uh, those, you know, we, we don't understand slavery in Rome sometimes, but, but yes, they were slaves, but those slaves would come and go. They, they, would, uh, they were kind of in, you know, they didn't get paid they, for anything, but they would come and go, some of the slaves. And so they weren't bound into the home. Some of them would go and shop for, for uh, the, the ones they served and, and, and were slaves to. So they were free, a lot of them, to attend uh, church and they became Christians and followers of Christ. And so Paul is, when he speaks of the term of slavery, um, it is catching the attention of the Roman church. Okay, Now, you got to realize the Roman church was not just the Roman church. Rome had conquered almost the known world. So this in context applied everywhere you went. There was slavery. So he's saying to them, you did not receive the spirit of slavery. In other words, God did not call you to be a slave. He called you to be a son. He called you to be a daughter. He did not call you to be in slavery to him. Though God could have said, amen, because he's God, when you come to me and you serve me, you're now a slave to me. You, you got to do every. I will force you to obey me. No, he didn't say that. And again, we get a, a, a depiction of this in the story of the prodigal son. He said, let me arise and go to my father's house and I wanna, I'll ask to be a servant. I'll ask, really, if you break down the translation of that, I will ask to be a slave. 
I'll be, I'd rather be a slave in my father's house than to be in this pig pen, to be in this foreign land, and to continue the life I'm living. So I'll go and beg to be a slave. And the father said, I'll have none of that. I want you, you are a son, and I'm going to put a ring on your finger, a robe on your, your back, and I'm going to restore you to where you uh, should be. I want you to know we were all in the garden. We walked in, uh, in sonship. We walked as daughters and sons of God in the Garden of Eden. And then when sin came in, we lost our place. We, 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 we literally became a slave to sin, a slave to this world. We, God didn't sell us off. We sold ourselves off and we became a slave to our own desires. The Bible will go on to teach us our own, our own uh, vision, our own purpose. We'll have it our way. Or, or, and God says, okay, then you're going to be a slave to that. And when Jesus came, he came not to, to, to take you from slavery to slavery. And that's what Paul is saying. He came to take you from being a slave to this world. He gave you the spirit of adoption. He's saying, once again, what is lost has been restored and you are my sons and my daughters. That's what God is saying to you. And you can look to God and you can even talk to him in a very affectionate term, which is Abba, which means daddy. If you want to translate, if, you know, my, my children sometimes will joke around Paige especially and she'll say, father, you know, she'll say, you know, her pa, you know, she calls me all kinds of things, but she'll call me formal names just joking around. But when she really wants my attention, she'll say, Daddy. It's a term of affection. And Paul is saying to the, to the people, he's saying, some of you, you've got God. Uh, you've heard me say it many times. You serve a God that doesn't smile. I serve a God that smiles. When I came to the cross, I didn't come as a slave. I, I, I came as a slave to sin. But when he set me free, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to put the chains of Christianity on you. He said, no, I'm going to set you free to be a son, to live and to breathe and to move as a son once again. Amen. As a daughter of the king, as a son of the king, he has called us into the spirit of adoption. He says, whereby we can cry, what? Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Amen. Amen. As servants of God, we are called to live a life of breakthrough, to be different from the world. The sermon that we're going to share over the next few weeks uh, is a dare to, to, uh, to see breakthrough or a dare to see change in our life. Now, before we can have breakthrough in 21, before we can see God breakthrough this year, we must dare to be strange and live a different life in this year. And I'm going to tell you that I believe the church has strived for many, many years to fit in to the point that we fit real well with the world. We fit real well with what goes on around us. And God has not called you and I to fit in. He has not called you and I to blend in. He has called you and I to stand out and set, up, set apart for the purpose of God in a lost and dying world. Why would the world want Jesus if the people who claim Jesus act like him? Act just like them. Have the same fears. Have the same doubts. Have the same uh, uh, rejected attitudes that some have. Why would the world want what we're selling if we're not different? Amen? So he has called us to live a different life. Do you need a breakthrough this year? Do you need a breakthrough in your relationships? Do you need a breakthrough with your children? Do you need a breakthrough on your job? Do you need a breakthrough in your marriage? Do you need a breakthrough in your home? Do you need a breakthrough in your finances? Do you need a breakthrough this year? Do you feel like you don't quite fit in sometimes when you're around certain people? I want you to know when you truly sell yourself out to God, when you truly commit your life to God, it's not, look, I do 
realize that there are some people that work really hard to be weird. Come on. There's some people who work really, really hard to make the, push the world away from them. And look, I'm not talking about we go around and, and act so strange and so weird that people want nothing to do with us. That's not the difference I'm talking about. The difference I'm talking about is that you have such an encounter with the Spirit of God this year that you can't help but have God all over you wherever you go. That people sense the presence of God in your life. They see the change of God in your life. If you have to demonstrate that change, if you have to work at it, then it's not genuine change. Real change comes from an encounter with the Spirit of God that is going to work its way. I mean, there's a song we used to sing a long time ago in this church. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. I want you to know the change that's going to begin. The breakthrough has to begin in the inside of who we are and as God works on the inside it will work its way to the outside and the world will begin to see changes even when we don't that's the difference the world must see in this year if we're going to have breakthrough not some manufactured change not some some put on change why because look that my friend is a form of hypocrisy did you know that but when we truly encounter God we can't help but be altered by his presence example of that is found in the Old Testament Moses goes up to the mountain to receive the the, the laws of God God appears to Moses and writes in a, a, a finger of fire into the tablets he writes the Ten Commandments and he says these will be the laws that, that you will share with my people. Moses is coming off an encounter with God like no man up to this point except for Adam and Eve had ever had. And he walks off the mountain and when he gets off the mountain, the glory of God was so real upon him, they had to put a veil over his face because he had been in the presence of God. I wonder what would happen in 2021 if we would have such an encounter with God in our personal lives that it would just bleed out into our jobs, bleed out into our schools, that we couldn't help but have the presence of God. I want you to know something. Oh my goodness. Have you ever been around somebody that has really, really strong perfume or cologne? Amen. Anybody got that uncle or that aunt that, that has, I mean, they buy it at the dollar store and it has big flowers on the bottle and it is like, you know they coming. You know, you ever been to that person? They walk in the room, you don't even know. You could be in this part of the house, you know, and they're coming in the back door and you're going, Aunt so-and-so's here. Come on. They're known by their smell. <laughs> Have you ever, look, I'm going to tell you something. Can you, if, if, if you ever been so close to that person that it gets off on you? And when they leave, you can smell your clothes and you're like... I still have the smell of aunt so-and-so on me. I still have, oh man, I still have uncle so-and-so's Old Spice on me. Come on. Come on. If you wear Old Spice, I apologize. I'm an aqua velva man myself. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all get that. Have you ever had that encounter with somebody? Oh, come on. Husband, have you ever walked in the room and you smell your wife's perfume on you because she's been close to you? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. I believe God wants us to be so close to him this year. That his smell is on us. Mm. That I worship so intensely this year in my life. That his presence is so upon me that people, I don't have to go around saying, no, I'm a Christian, I don't do that. 
If you're a real Christian, you don't have to advertise. Did you know that? Because God will be so real in your life, people will see the change. Amen? Amen? And so I, I got to thinking about all the different sermons being preached throughout the world this Sunday. How many different people are saying different things? We need this this year. Or we need that this year. And it all boils down to the fact that we need Jesus this year. We need his presence like never before. We need his smell to be on us if that can happen. We need his presence to be so real in us that we don't have to advertise who we belong to. Amen? That we know who we belong to. We don't even have to, look, I'm going to tell you, God is with us if we'll allow him to be with us. And Do your values and your lifestyle seem to be a little different from the people at work or your neighborhood or, your fam or even your own family? Look, some of you aren't in totally Christian families and your values are different. And it's difficult sometimes. But I'm here to tell you when you have the real change of God in your life, the real presence of God in your life, a breakthrough can come. Our direction this year is breakthrough. One way is that we can have this breakthrough is to embrace the difference that God has given us. Not to work to be different, but to embrace the difference. Because I'm here to tell you, when you got saved, you became different. You became different from the world. You don't react the way the world reacts. We Look, uh, the one, I believe the one thing, uh, and I, I, when I say church, I mean worldwide church. I think the one thing the church did poorly through 2021 is we reacted a lot like the world. We reacted a whole lot like the world reacted instead of reacting like the children and the adopted sons and daughters should have reacted. Now, I'm not saying that we walked foolishly and didn't take precautions and we didn't do what was why. Because I'm here to tell you, we got to do, be smart too. I don't think you check your brain at the door. But we didn't react totally the way I believe God wanted us to react through all of this. Instead of projecting faith, we projected fear in our own way. But I'm here to tell you, in 2021, there's a breakthrough coming. In 2021, there's a move of God coming. There's a move of God coming in your life. There's a move of God coming in your family. There's a move of God coming in your church. There's a move of God coming in your world. There's a move of the presence of God going to fill this earth. And I believe it's coming in 2021. And I believe it begins with a change of direction. As servants of God, we are called to be different. In Psalms 139, 19, the psalmist said, I am a stranger on the earth. In Hebrews eleven thirteen, 13, it says, All the great men and women of the Old Testament are described as strangers on the earth. In 1 Peter 17, the apostle Peter writes, Live your lives as strangers and temporary residents of this world. Some of us, we are not living our lives as temporary residents of this world, but we're living our lives as if we're going to be here forever. But I'm here to tell you, one day we're going to leave this world. Either by death or rapture, we're going to leave this world. And we're going to be faced with one thing, not what we did as far as great accomplishments in the eyes of men, but what we accomplished for the kingdom of God. This year, our goal should be, to: what can I accomplish for you, Jesus? What can I do for you, God? God, because in the end, my friend, that's all that's going to really matter. Not how much money you left in your bank account for your kids to blow. Amen. 
As a matter of fact, the inheritance we leave our children needs to be and must be a godly inheritance. Oh, God, help me preach this this morning. And it cannot happen till the church embraces that we were not called to fit into this world, but we were called to step out of this world and shine the hope of Jesus to a lost and dying world. We've got to have a breakthrough. We've got to have a move of God. There is no substitute for it. This morning, I want to encourage you to be different, to dare to be strange, to dare to live a different life, to dare to embrace the differences that come through being close to Jesus. As a matter of fact, when you get close to Jesus, you might find yourself turning off some TV shows this year. Come on. Oh, it got quiet on me. Oh, he's against TV. He's one of them preachers. No, I got what, four of them, I think. I renewed my subscription to Disney Plus. We're ready to go. What are you saying, Pastor? No, I'm not preaching against TV, but I'm going to tell you, I think we've been too tolerant of some of the things we allow to enter our minds. Media is powerful. Songs are powerful. Some of us need to clean out our iPod. iPod, I've done dated myself. Some of y'all don't even have iPods anymore. Your phone. Some of us need to clean out what we listen to. Oh, I can listen to it, but I don't have to. I'm going to tell you something. It's a powerful thing. The images that can be painted into the mind through media and through, through the world. And if we're not careful, we will embrace that so much that we can't allow the Spirit of God to speak to us. I'm here to tell you, you live in a world where you are bombarded by voices every single day. Voices every single day, voices of loved ones, voices of friends, voices of the media. You're listening to voices all day long, but I'm going to tell you the voice you listen to more than anybody's voice is your own. And that is why Paul would say to himself, I need to speak in spiritual terms to myself. I need to think on the things that are lovely, the things that are true. So what, you know, I need to think on these things. And then he goes on, he says, well, no, if I need to think on these things, everybody needs to think on these things. I'm here to tell you, we need to start believing more about what the Word says than what the media says. I, I, I don't know what is going to happen this year. I don't know what's going to happen in our government this year. It's shaky. I can tell you now, there's a lot of nervous people in high positions. But I'm going to tell you, there is one that reigns higher than all of them. And because I know him, I'm at perfect peace. Because I'm telling you right now, no matter what takes place in Washington or Moscow or across this world or at the UN, my God is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I'm looking to him. I'm listening towards heaven. Oh, that the church would bend their ear towards heaven instead of Fox News. That we begin to bend our ear. Uh, hold on, I, I forgot. We all got mad at Fox. Newsmax. Everybody went to them. They're more conservative. We need to start listening to what the Spirit has to say. As a matter of fact, several times in, in the New Testament, several times it is declared in the book of Revelations, let him that hath ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I want you to know, I believe the Spirit of God is speaking volumes to the church in this hour and we need to tune our ear and we need to clean out the world so we can hear him. To have a breakthrough, I must be able to hear what God says. It's more than just saying I'm born again and claiming the title of being a Christian that God is looking for if we're going to have a breakthrough, church. 
We begin that process when we are born again. We are transformed. We are changed. And it should change the way we act. Or at least begin to, to put a question the way we act. Come on. Amen. New believers. I, I love it. I was talking to somebody the other day. I won't say their name, but Brother Eric was there when they were, and they looked at me, and they mentioned something in their life, and they said, because we're living in sin. Nobody told them that. Well, somebody did, but it wasn't Pastor Phil. Guess what? The Spirit of God can speak volumes if we'll take the time to listen. I need to correct this in my life because I'm living in sin. Folks, I'm here to tell you, if we'll start listening to the Spirit of God, then we won't have to, to, to try to change. We'll begin to change because we're listening to Him and not... Look, I know, I know I need to lose weight, and, but it does my doctor absolutely no good to tell me. Anybody? How many of you, your doctor looks and says, you know, you really need to lose weight. Got you, doc, working on that. No, you're not. You're not working on that. Until you embrace that, and you begin to hear the signs of your body saying, you better do this. You better get more active. You better do this. Anybody get that way? You hit 40, it begins to speak a little louder, don't it? Your body begins to say, hey, you think you're 18, you're not. And, you be, you, and so you hear that voice. Listen, folks, I'm going to tell you real quickly. The church can hear the pastor scream breakthrough and change all day long from every pulpit in this county. But until we begin to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, and I'm here to tell you, I believe what God gave me in my office uh, many, many weeks ago about a breakthrough year is from the Lord and not from me. It is, I, I, again, I want you to understand, I believe God is crying out, I'm ready to bring a breakthrough in your life. I'm ready to break through to your child that is lost and living for the world and lost their mind on drugs or alcohol, I can break through where, uh, where rehab hasn't broke through and where good talks and straight talks, and uh, what is, I'm, we're going to have an intervention and straighten them out. And they straighten out for a moment, then they fall back into it. I'm here to tell you, when you hear the voice of God say, I'm ready to do a work in your life, I'm ready to change what's going on in your life, then something real will take place. It's more than just changing my mind for the moment. Amen. In other words, our focus, change, our, our focus changes when we give our hearts to the Lord. Instead of focusing on ourselves, our needs, our wants, our desires, we begin to focus on God. God begins to enter the picture. And, and, and when we're new in the Lord, that, that's what should happen. If real change has happened at the altar, we begin to think, how can I be more like Jesus? How can I change things that are not right in my life? That is what is meant when it says we are followers of Him. Sadly, some people refuse to be different. Some people want the benefits of, oh God help me preach this. Some people want the benefits of their sins being forgiven, all the benefits of the love and the care of God, the guarantee of a place in heaven, but they don't want to be different. They don't want to change a thing about what they're doing. They don't want to change an attitude or a behavior in their life that is sinful. They just want the crown without the cross. They want the victory without the battle. They don't want to change nothing in their life. Just guarantee me the benefits of knowing God, but I don't really want to live for God. I'm here to tell you, you're living a lie if you're embracing that because God wants people who won't just embrace the fact that they are believers in him but will live out loud their faith in Jesus Christ amen amen, amen. God has called you and I to be different 
holy, set apart, strangers in this world. Matter of fact, it is, Peter, uh, the translation that I read to you was a little different, but the, the, the King James says strangers, aliens in this world. We're not of this world, my friend. We are not of this world. But yet, oh God, help the church shake off the world and start embracing Him. Shake off the world and start being more like Jesus. As a matter of fact, God has called us to be set apart, strangers. God has called us to honor and serve Him in every aspect of our life. In other words, a son will imitate his father, good or bad. You agree with that? A son will imitate his father, good or bad. And I'm talking about a physical son. Matter of fact, you got a bad habit, your son will pick up your habit. Your kids will pick up your habit. A son will imitate the habits of a father. God, help us to realize that if we are truly the sons and the daughters of God, we must desire to imitate him. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, then you go to Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2 and you black that out in your Bible, rip that page out in your Bible because that's not what it teaches. It doesn't teach we can ignore that. It doesn't teach that that is not a, te- a godly teaching. It teaches exactly that. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Imitate Him. My 17-year-old, when she was a baby and just walking good and talking good, would stay with her grandmama, my mama. And uh, my mom had a bad knee and a bad hip. And uh, mama would get up from the chair and she'd go, oh, God. And she'd start walking. She'd have to walk a little bit before she could straighten up. Anybody been there? Okay. Well, Paige saw that enough. And we would just look at her. I'm sorry, Paige, but this just fits so well. We'd say, Paige, do your grandma walk? And she'd go, oh, the God. Oh, the God. (laughs) And she'd just tremble along. She was imitating her grandma. She got to understand she adored her grandma. And when we went to grandma's, she didn't want us there. Everybody else, leave. Grandma was my grandma. And she loved her so much, she imitated even her walk. If I truly love my God, would I not want to imitate him? Mm. Therefore, verse, five, uh, verse 1, Ephesians 5, be imitators as beloved children, not as slaves, I'm not going to order you to do this. Like your kids imitate you. Imitate your heavenly father. That's what Paul was saying. He was breaking it down for people like me. He goes on in verse 2 and he says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering of sacrifice. In other words, he goes on and says, If you want all the benefits of God, be an imitator of him. If you want to, if you want to see blessing in your life, imitate his love to people this year. Amen? Did he love you when you got everything right? When you got everything perfect? No, he loved you while you were yet a sinner. Christ died and gave himself for you. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died and gave himself. So if he loved me while I was a sinner, guess what? That means I've got to love people before they change. Hmm. It is the taking up of the cross, not just the hour or two on a Sunday 
when we meet together that makes the difference in our lives. It's an everyday change that God is looking for in order for there to be a breakthrough in our life. As a matter of fact, many times God never changes the situation. He just changes our perspective of the situation. How can God expect us to really be different from, a pe- from the people around us? Dare we try to be different? We are all worried that others may consider us strange. Anybody ever worried about that? I have. Anybody ever worried about pe- what people think if you really lived out loud your faith? You ever worried about that? I think some more, more than we'll admit. Can we really be different? In our own strength, we can't. But if we allow God to work in us and through us, we will be changed and transformed by his power and by the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judah, in Samaria, and, in the, and, and to the ends of the world. These words, these words, the word translated for power in this, you've heard me share this many times, in the Greek word is dunamis. dunamis Dunamis is used 120 times throughout the New Testament. I want you to hear that. 120 times the word for power that is used in Acts 1 and 8 is used throughout the, the New Testament. And it, mean, it is the Greek word dunamis. We get English words from this, and, and I'll share those in a minute. But it translates literally out of the Greek as strength, power, or ability. Dunamis is not just any kind of power. All right, It's not just some little type of power. Dunamis was the strongest word you could possibly use for power in the Greek language. In other words, uh, Jesus was really wanting us to get a hold of what he meant by this. Dunamis is, it, it wasn't just any word, it, re, it refers to miraculous, marvelous power, a, a miraculous working power. In other words, we sing about it all our lives, some of us have been in church, for there is power, power, power in the blood. I want you to understand what we're singing was, there's explosive, life-altering, dynamite power in the blood of Jesus and when we get a hold of it not just once and done my friend every day we are to be walking into the flood of Emmanuel's veins saying fill me God Lord empower me man what would happen if we did that Duna's power is not just any power it's miraculous power Dunamis power also refers to moral power or the excellence of the soul. Dunamis is the root word for many English words, which we get our word dynamite or dino or dynamic. I want you to know, I believe, somebody asked me, with all that the church is facing, don't you think Jesus is probably coming back in 2021? Somebody asked me that the other day. I looked at him and I said, not unless the church becomes dynamite. Not unless the church does what they are prophesied to be. I want you to know that God is not coming back for a weak, defeated uh, a church cowering and hiding behind our windows saying, oh God, get us out of here because there's a tiny virus in the air. I want you to know what God is coming back for. He's coming back for a people, supercharged, dynamite people that's ready to explode into the kingdom of darkness with love and truth and light. God, set us on fire. Lord, blow up this place. That's what he's coming back for. Oh, yes, get the church high, uh, excited, God. That's what we're praying. No, the church is you. The church is you.
when the church in Acts came out of the upper room in Acts chapter 2 they exploded on the scene they exploded I'm going to give you a challenge for 2021 read through Acts you got a whole year to do it you really want to get it Read it through over the next week. It doesn't take that long. With what we got today on our phones, you can have somebody read it to you. Come on. Too many of us wanting to be like the world and not like him. Jesus stood out. Oh, if you were to look at him, he would blend in with any other Jewish man. I know some of us have got this idea that he was, you know, you know, sandy brown hair with nice blonde highlights with blue eyes. <laughs> That's what the, some of the movies have him looking like. But I got news for you. The Bible says he looked common. If you were to look at him, he looked like any other Jewish man of his age but when he spoke all of that went away because the anointing and the power and the dynamite glory of God began to come forth and they would say no man has spoken like this not even the prophets of old no man has ever taught like this because that wasn't just a man that was the Son of God. The church exploded on the scene in Acts chapter 2. And my friend, they took no prisoners. And they didn't care what it cost. And I'm afraid too much the church has cared what it'll cost. It's going to cost us something to see a breakthrough. It's going to cost you something to get a breakthrough. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some devotion to God. It's going to cost, it's going to, it's going to cost you pushing back the things of this world and taking on more of God. Everybody wants a breakthrough. Everybody wants to see a move of God, but we don't want to do what it takes to see it. I read about the people in the Bible. Some of us thinking Ford... <laughs> Some people, it might as well be four hours as long as 40 days fasting. We, we look at it almost equivalent. No. What were those people doing? They were not trying to get the attention of this world. They were trying to say to God, whatever I've got to do to see a breakthrough, I'll do it. Wouldn't it be amazing That the cure for coronavirus was not found in an injection. But it was found in a church that had faith in a God that can heal. Wouldn't it be great that instead of the world looking at the White House for hope, their attention would be turned towards the church. Saying, what do you got to say about it? You see, we have allowed our voice to become silent through the years. 
We have silently allowed things to be stripped away and freedoms to be stripped away because we wanted to fit in. It's going to cost us if we're going to see a move of God. It's going to cost us some time in prayer. It's going to cost us some time in people. Investing in people. Talking to people. And I'm not just saying, hey, how you doing? Hope you're blessed today, Brad. Hope you're having a great day. But taking time to talk and connect. And so how can we see a breakthrough in your family this year? How can we see a breakthrough in mine? How can we see a breakthrough in our church this year? Oh, you can read a thousand books to tell us how to do it. But there's only one book that counts. And it tells me the ingredients to see a move of God. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. If they'll turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. And I will heal their land. He didn't say a people. He said if my people. And I believe God is looking to the church and saying, if my church will begin to be my church. Begin to walk in the Spirit. I will bring healing to the land. Will you stand? We need a move of God. The last week of 2020 didn't want to let go easy. <laughs> Many of you were attacked with sicknesses in your family. and Just didn't want to let go easy, did it? Tragedies hit several families this Christmas season. A lot of stuff. I watched I watched a lot of things happen. And you know, and I, I sit there at them and go, I just don't want to let go. Man, this year just don't want to let go. And me and Tina sat there and watched the ball drop, and then we prayed. That's what we do in our family. We prayed the new year in. And we were talking before the clock ticked by and about the false security people had that just because the ball dropped and twenty the calendar flipped, Everything was just magically going to go away. It's not going to magically go away. But it can divinely be challenged. What are you saying? It's time for the church to stand up on its two feet and look at the devil and say no. No. We're not going to just silently be quiet while you wreck the world. But we're going to stand up for you, Jesus. 
And Jesus, he don't fear us, but he fears you. And Lord, we pledge ourselves to be filled with your spirit. And, and God, that's dynamite. That's powerful. And the devil cannot stand against a church filled with the spirit. So this morning, my question is, do you need a breakthrough in 21? And are you willing to do what it takes to get a breakthrough? Because it's going to cost you something. I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't going to cost you something. Matter of fact, the Bible really clearly defines it. said, if any man would follow after me, Jesus said what? He must deny himself. You could stop right there and preach a series. Because <laughs> denying ourselves is, is the major part of the problem. They said, if any man's going to really follow me, he must deny himself. Take up what? His cross. And follow after me. And you say, yep, I'm going to pick up my cross and it's going to lead me to heaven. No, it's going to lead you to a hill. If you pick up your cross, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to lead you to a hill. And it's going to lead you to nails. Because the Bible says what Paul declared said, I, oh my goodness, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. When we get on the cross, that means Jesus is not on the cross, but he's alive in the church and moving and working to accomplish his will. So if you're going to follow him, it's going to cost you. But my friend, it's a price worth paying. It's a price worth paying. Because when you begin to see the breakthrough of God in your family and the breakthrough of God in our community and the revival that God truly wants to send in 21, I'm here to tell you it's going to blow your mind. But it's not going to happen till the cross is put on our shoulders and we carry it to the hill instead of us saying, Oh Lord, I want your heaven, but I ain't going to live for you. I want, I want your healing, but I really don't want to, do, to pledge my life to be different. Lord, I, I got to fit in at work. I got to fit in, Lord, when I'm at school. You, I, I can't be branded as one of those fanatics. I got news for you. You better not care what they say about you. You better care what he has to say about you. Because when you get to heaven, he's not going to call everybody out. I, I would love to believe that when I get to heaven and my name is called, that I'd be able to say, now, Lord, wait a second. Before you pass judgment on me, let me call my church out. And I want them to tell, tell you, I was a pretty good guy. I was a pretty good pastor. But let Tina come and tell you, I was a pretty good husband. How about my kids? I think, I think they would speak well of me. He's going to look and he's going to say, nope, it's you, boy, and it's me. And I want to know what you did for me while you were on the earth. What change did you do? in your life, to bring change in your world so that people might find me. Well, don't he care about that other stuff? Yeah, because he cares or you wouldn't be standing there in the first place. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell you, it's subsequential. It doesn't, it, it's substandard compared to what he cares about the difference you make. In this world, well, Lord, I fit in well at work and school. I fit in well with, with, with the world, and that way, Lord, I didn't make anybody uncomfortable. Since when did the church, when were we called to make people comfortable? 
I've said this about our church a long time ago. You're going to do one or two things. You're going to love us or hate us. You're going to... <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, I'm not compromising the book. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I'm just going to say this. Some of us are ready for this message, and if you're ready for what it's speaking, and you're ready to prepare your heart to hear the rest of this over the next few weeks, and not just hear it, but be a doer of the word, then this altar's open for you, and you need to just come right now and seal the deal with God. That, Lord, I'm ready for the change. I'm ready for the breakthrough. I'm ready for the move. Lord, I, I know we cannot go any further into this year. Lord, right now, it's the third day of the new year. I can't go a step further without pledging that I am ready to see a change. I am tired of seeing what I'm seeing. Uh, Lord, I, 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 I'm frustrated at watching the situations around me. I'm frustrated at seeing no change in this world. Everybody's just down. Everybody's defeated. I'm ready to see a change in my life. I'm ready to see a change in my marriage. I'm ready to see a change in my children. I'm ready to see a change in me. God, I'm ready for change. And Lord, I don't know how to, get to start that except to come forward and to kneel and say, God, I'm ready for change. That's all you got to pray. That's all you got to pray. God, I'm ready for some change in my life. I'm ready for a difference in my life. I'm ready to be a difference. If that's you, then don't sit back. Come forward. I'm ready for there to be power in my life instead of, Lord, this weak following that I've been doing. God, I'm ready for something new. I'm ready to pledge my life. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.